Ephesians 6 and verse 18. We may get there tonight, but we'll read that one anyway. (laughs) Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. So there's a few alls there we need to do in that those, that one verse we have looked at, defeating the enemy. And this is verses 18 to 20, warring with the enemy. There's three realms of prayer that we looked at last week. <clears throat> the hidden place in the closet, the heavenly place in the heavenlies. We pray to him, the lifeline. And Satan, remember, cannot cut the lion. (laughs) And the holy place, the veil has been rent and we can go right into the holy place that the Old Testament priest could only go once a year. We have access any time, all the time in our lives. A very privileged position. We don't appreciate it. (laughs) We do not appreciate what they were restricted in the Old Testament, but now... It's open for us. And so they're the three realms of prayer. And tonight we begin under the warring, if you've got that little outline, under the warring, the three realities of prayer. We begin to look at them. Let's pray before we do. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that we can now come directly to you through the Lord Jesus Christ, the interse- our intercessor. Lord, we thank you that we have access to the throne room of grace. Right to the mercy seat that's inside the Holy of Holies, as the Old Testament pictured it. And now we can ask for the petitions we have on our heart, for the people, for the things in our lives that we have needs, where we have needs. Lord, bless the service tonight for without you we can do nothing and we know that you're here with us as your word promises we pray that your blessing would be ours in jesus name amen so looking at the three realities of prayer before we leave the first three points the three realms of prayer do you find yourself as i'll picture it here in the war of prayer doing this in prayer we battle wandering thoughts wandering thoughts my prayer for aunt susie reminds me of her cat thoughts of the cat remind me that jim said there was a mouse in the office that reminds me to get a mouse trap from the hardware store The hardware store reminds me of the camera shop next door and the roll of film that I took in there to be developed, and so on. Several minutes later, I realised that I haven't been praying at all. I've been what? Daydreaming. Now, tell the truth. It has happened and does happen too regularly than we'd like to admit. That's wandering thoughts. When we're at war in prayer, we're beseeching God to work on our behalf and here we go off on all these rabbit trails now I'm guilty too you've got to think (laughs) stay alert, attentive there are also, also wicked thoughts that we battle when we pray these come unbidden with startling suddenness 
Yeah, who doesn't want us to pray? The devil. And so he'd like these wicked thoughts to come suddenly. I think on a phrase from a book that I never should have read. I think on a scene from a movie that I never should have watched. I think of a place I've been to and things that, and I should never have been there. And these things take us away wicked thoughts. From the subconscious mind, <clears throat> things are dragged up, dragged up that are filth and they need to say, stay in the cesspool and not be brought up. So there's wandering thoughts, there's wicked thoughts, and, and the devil will see to the, that, that these things some way come and we battle worldly thoughts as well. <clears throat> and this is that we concentrate in our prayers on things, material things. <clears throat> For instance, I need to pass, there's no exams right now, but next week's exams at the end of the year. <laughs> if we're at that time of the <clears throat> time of the year we need i need a better job we pray for that there's many needs that we have and we become preoccupied with them and this tactic the enemy brings upon us worldly thoughts instead of concentrate, concentrating on spiritual thoughts eternal thoughts unsaved people the ministry, the spiritual needs of our family. Paul barely touched on such concerns as he had. The Lord Jesus, in his model prayer, said only this about worldly things, give us this day our daily bread, and the rest was not on those things. So, <clears throat> wandering thoughts, wicked thoughts, and worldly thoughts. Watch out for them. So when you pray tomorrow or tonight, you find yourself in one of them and say, what am I doing here? <laughs> I should be praying to the Lord, calling down he, he to act on our behalf to do wonderful and marvellous things. <clears throat> How can you stop some of these things? Wicked, wandering and worldly thoughts. So if you go in your closet on your own, then you, you can tend to, these things can happen. Yes. Okay. So pray through the word in a psalm and keep it going as you pray through verse by verse and just, you know you're moving forward if you're going through it. Another way, any other way. So you could stop. So sort of discipline your mind to think think on these things yeah Philippians maybe pray out loud don't have to be real loud but you tend not to go wandering if you're praying out loud what am I saying <laughs> you know so there are things that we could do to, to stop that happening well let's go into the three realities of prayer this, this is what was next there the three realities of prayer given in verse 18 the persistence of prayer. Praying always. What's another verse in the Bible that tells us exactly the same thing? Well, not for the same words. Pray without ceasing. In the First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17. Persistence in prayer. This is a re reality that needs to take place in it always. Praying always. 
Um, Psalm 55 verse 17, it says, Evening and morning and at noon, Evening, morning and at noon, I will pray and cry aloud, and he, sh and he shall hear my voice. Consistency in prayer. Persistence in prayer. And, 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 and in between. <laughs> There are things that happen that we need to pray for and abound in between. Daniel 6.10, and he was one that practised Psalm 55.17. Daniel kneeled upon his knees when he knew that the writing had been written, the deed had been signed to, in, to put in prison anyone that prayed to any other god than the god of the Babylonians. And he knelt down and prayed with his window open three times a day. And prayed and gave thanks before his God. And he got answers. He had the power of the Lord resting in his life. He was just consistent, persistent in prayer. And we may look at it a bit later, but there's the lady in Luke 18, verses 1 to 8, where the, she persisted, the widow that persisted in prayer. Well, the Lord said, she's going to keep on bothering me if I don't answer her. And the Lord will answer if we bother, well, some people call us God botherers. Non-Christians call Christians God botherers. Well, if we go to the Lord in prayer, it, it, he's not bothered about our prayer. He wants to answer. He wants to hear us praying. He wants to hear us talking to him. And so there's the persistence in prayer under, under the <coughs> reality of prayer. And then there's a practice of prayer. Verse 18, we go there. Praying always with all prayer. And supplication with all prayer and supplication. There's a variety of different sorts of prayers we can pray, but one, the one that's mentioned here is to supplicate for ours and others' needs. All prayer is broader in its scope than supplication. So there's prayer for people, there's prayer for family, there's prayer for friends, there's prayer for our government. There's so many things that we can pray for and bring these things before the Lord. And as we've said before. Does God know all these things are happening? Yes, but he wants us to pray. He wants us to pray and seek his face. And often God will bring needs into our lives so that we might be moved to supplicate, might be moved to prayer. We might supplicate for others as they have needs. You know, God allows these to come in. If we stop praying, he say, Ah, oh, one of my children are becoming self-independent and self-dependent. We need to do something about this. <laughs> and something comes our way so that we go to, it, to our knees. When do we mostly pray? When do we really get honest and earnest and effectual and fervent in prayer? When is it? Come on, tell the truth. <laughs> it's when we have a need, a tragedy, a problem. And, uh, we, we have something that's really needed. Uh, and that's when we really get to praying. The practice in prayer is with all prayer and supplication. And the power in prayer, verse 18c, in the spirit. In the spirit. And it was mentioned in our starting prayer. Brother Miles mentioned that. Because when I know what we've studied, <laughs> you hear what's being prayed and so praise the Lord. In the spirit. Otherwise we are not really praying. We're only saying. We're only mouthing words. We ought to be praying in the Spirit. And sometimes we pray not believing that God's going to answer it. Don't we? 
more times than not maybe let's look at Acts chapter 4 and see <coughs> now they didn't do it in chapter 4 they weren't just mouthing prayers they meant the prayer because we see what happened when they did pray <laughs> 424 the apostles have been taken in they've been threatened by the Sanhedrin not to go out and speak in his name um, <coughs> and they said well we cannot but speak the things that we've heard and seen or seen and heard and they threatened them in verse 21 and then in verse um, 23 and being let go they went their own to their own company and reported that's to the Christian company <laughs> all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voices to God with one accord and said, Lord, they're praying now, Lord, thou art God who has made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are in it. It's, it's interesting, they start with creation in their prayer. <laughs> who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, why did the heathen rage and the peoples imagine a vain thing? And the kings of the earth set themselves and so forth. Uh, well, that's verse 27. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate and the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together to do what's... It's interesting, all those different groups who killed Jesus, <laughs> they were all there. Herod, Pontius, Gentiles and Israel. Uh, to do whatever they had, thy hand, and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Listen to them. <laughs> and grant unto thy servants that with all what? Boldness they may speak thy word. That we might go out and preach the word with boldness. By stretching forth thine hand to heal. And that signs and wonders in the early church may be done by the name of the holy child Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. And when they had prayed, what happened? Did they mean this prayer? Were they only mouthing a prayer? Oh no. You see, they were in trouble. They'd just been in trouble. They just got put out, let go and threatened. Don't speak in his name. They went out and we're going to do it anyway. Give us boldness. And they prayed and the whole place was shaken. As I heard... Don Jennings years ago, the poem I quoted from him the other day, <clears throat> he said, most churches pray now and the place is taken, <laughs> not shaken. <laughs> and many a church, <laughs> it's not a, because it's just words. Have you ever been in a church where they read their prayers? I think a lot of people that visit us, you know, you ask somebody to pray and oh, somebody's just praying without a book because they're not used to that. And praise God, it's more likely to be from the heart, isn't it? Something you think about, that you're relating to the Lord. And um, <clears throat> the whole place was shaken where they were assembled together and there they were filled with the Holy Ghost and they spoke the word of God as they requested with boldness. And so there's power in prayer. Go over to chapter 12. And I think now in chapter 4 they were... There was a heartfelt prayer. They meant business. Now in chapter 12, they didn't hardly believe what they were praying. Peter's in the middle of it again. And in verse 1, Now about the time that Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. 
And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him into the four quadrants of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people, to execute him. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. And notice this. But Now, this is a big need. This is, this is the leader guy, <laughs> Peter. But prayer was made without ceasing by the church unto God for him. And he got out of prison, didn't he? And he went. And he knocked on the door where he knew they'd be all meeting. And was it Rhoda? Come on, Sunday school teachers, help me. It was, thank you. <laughs> Answered the door. And she must have shut the door off, couldn't believe it. <laughs> Ran back, Peter's out there. No, no, he's not out there. <laughs> it's sort of, don't believe our prayer's been answered. <laughs> Were they just praying, Lord, we've prayed many times before and nothing has been answered, but th- this time it was answered. And they hardly believed <laughs> what they saw. The G- God heard their prayer and he did answer and they delivered them, in verse 11, from the hand of Herod. Um, <clears throat> and all the things that go on with that story there. So the, there's power in prayer, isn't there? God hears. Praying in the Spirit. It, <clears throat> it doesn't mean going into a trance or speaking in gibberish. No, the Holy Spirit does not overpower our mental faculties. He directs but doesn't dominate our thinking and our prayer. The spirit of the prophets, according to 1 Corinthians 14.32, are subject to the prophets. <clears throat> their scriptural prayers. Their prayers that the, according to what is truth, what the prophets have written, according to the will of God. The Holy Spirit's direction is the ultimate solution to wandering, wicked and worldly thoughts, as we said before. He inclines our thoughts to his mind. He opens appropriate scripture passages to us as we pray and thoughts come and we think about the word of God, as was mentioned even earlier. He enlightens us to these passages. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And verse 9, in prayer, Scripture can come alive as the Holy Spirit helps us to connect things and put things together and answer the prayers that we're praying or, or gives us the direction to pray the prayers we're praying. Chapter 2 and verse 9 is written, I hasn't seen, nor you heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. By, by who? <laughs> by his Spirit. Capital S. Holy Spirit. For the Spirit, Holy Spirit, searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. What man knoweth the things of God, save the Spirit of man that is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now, we have not received the Spirit of the world... But the Spirit, capital S, who is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. You see, in prayer, enlightenment can come as we read. It's like talking to a friend about spiritual matters. 
and you're bouncing things off each other. And, ah, I see, we, we see, we see. I had the privilege to talk, talk to John Ecob today. Just rung him, see how he was. And uh, we started doing that. And 35 minutes later, and it seemed like five minutes, we could, we try, well, we'll see you later. Uh, but, and then another thought, another thought, another thought. And bouncing things off each other, you know, and conclusions reached. And with the Holy Spirit as we pray, bouncing the scripture around. and He knows everything. <laughs> He's God. And he can show us things from the scripture as we've memorized and meditated upon it. See, the, the, there's power in prayer. And it's through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. He assures that our prayers will be heard. If you go to Romans, just over in chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans in chapter 8. And verse 26, again, talking of the power in prayer and the spirit that's present. Likewise, the spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, also helpeth our infirmities, <laughs> the wandering thoughts, the worldly thoughts, and the wicked thoughts. He helpeth our infirmities, the, the flesh. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought, and sometimes get rabbit trailed, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. The Lord can take those prayers that are not as earnest as they should be and he can still answer them. Can he not? Has he not? <laughs> and he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the Spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So as we pray, we pray in Jesus' name and the Holy Spirit is taking those and de-jumbling them, decoding them <laughs> from the mess that we make of our prayers and they're passed through the Son to the Father and they get there like they should be. Aren't you glad that he interprets it? And that's why little children can pray. And the Lord knows their heart. They can get answers from the Lord. They can have prayers answered if they're his children. They can get saved by praying a prayer. So, <clears throat> warring, warring in prayer. We've, what have we just covered? The, <laughs> the three realities of prayer. And we can't do the next one, otherwise we'll mess it all up, trying to rush it. But the, that's the three regularities in prayer as we watch, as we watch. And I was talking to a pastor this week, yesterday. <laughs> And um, I was sort of walking around a bit and talking because and, I had one of those phones and he he just talking about trouble. He said, oh, I'm waking up a lot at night. He said, oh, you're watching in prayer, are you? <laughs> and he laughed. He knew exactly <laughs> what was meant because he's, he, we, we'd been talking earlier and uh, situations that come up and we watch in prayer. And that was... It's like awake. Well, it's for next week anyway. <laughs> but waking up, go to prayer. Don't waste the time. Don't waste the time. Use it to pray to the Lord. <laughs> the devil won't, won't want you doing it, and when you go back to bed, you'll sleep well, <laughs> because he doesn't want us as his, as God's children seeking God's help. Because Satan, remember last week, fears the Father. Doesn't fear us. 
He fears the Father. He can only do what the Father permits in, in our lives, as with Job. But he fears the Father when he starts acting on our behalf, answering our prayers.